that Mitchell and Webb sound. Starring David Mitchell and Robert Webb with Olivia Coleman and James Barkman. It was the idea of a group of like-minded parents with the newest school in the area and the first free school in Wandsworth. And of course, we are fully licensed. Licensed? Yeah, we, we think parents are just as important as the kids and it's that kind of positivity that has led the school to doing so well in the local Domino's League. So, licensed as in licensed to sell intoxicating liquor? Yep. Would you like a pint while you look round? <laughs> I don't see any pupils. Well, I'll be honest, it's early days and we, we haven't got any pupils yet. Um, but we do have five guest ales on tap. And, and where are the classrooms? Well, this is one. But it's got bonquettes. Yeah, they're, they're an open-plan teaching resource. We preferred them to the more old-fashioned desks. Small white wine, G&T? Um, do you have those, uh, what are they called, interactive whiteboard things? No, we have a traditional blackboard in both classrooms, saloon and public, and, um, and one out on the pavement. Yeah, I saw that. Something about a quiz on Wednesdays, cash prizes? It's part of our outreach programme, like the karaoke nights. Smart boards, that's it. Dart boards, you bet. <laughs> um, can I ask you something? I mean, I mean, you've probably been asked this by other prospective parents, but just in case I'm the first, is this a pub? A pub? God, no, you must be joking. Have you tried opening a pub? The red tape's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> pub codes to deal with, tithes to pay, objections from locals about opening hours. No, it's pretty much impossible to open a pub these days. On the other hand, it is laughably easy to get permission to open a free school. So, if this isn't a pub, why is there a smoking area outside? That's for the staff and parents. And it's open till midnight on Saturdays for, I don't know, parents' evenings and governors' meetings or whatever. As I said, we're highly parent-focused here at the Saddlemakers Arms Free School. <laughs> yeah, every farmer these days does lamb or pork or beef or the other one. But we have uniquely cornered the market in niche meats, specialist foods. Heston Blumenthal stuff. Phase one, penguin meat. Fancy chicken, that's what we call it. I mean, they are perfect for battery farming. Absolutely ruddy perfect. You can get hundreds in a shed. Thousands. All squashed up against each other like a tin of black and white sardines. Which is ironic, because that's what we feed them. People say battery penguins is cruel, but it's not. They're naturally huddling together for warmth. Means you can cram in as many as you like. Yep, they love it. All pressed up against each other, beaks in each other's eyes, comforting. Phase two, you tell them. Gay beef. N no, <laughs> no, not gay beef. We tried that. Didn't work. Impossible to breed more of them. No. <laughs> Phase two, harvested pig's tears. Sounds weird. Is weird. Is weird. <laughs> Very popular, though, with your Heston sod in Blumenthal's. Makes a great velouté or a jus or a base for a pistachio tarragon truffle foam. Hard work getting a pig to weep and collecting that means you can charge loads for it. People say it's cruel making a pig cry for money. But it's not, because our pigs are crying with laughter. Easier to do and tastes better, sweeter. Initially, we just played them DVDs of Mr. Bean, Friends, the usual. Nothing. No response. I mean, they got it. They understood why it was funny, but they didn't like it. Turns out, just like all humans, what really makes a pig laugh is watching another pig fall over. It, 
It is funny. Whoops, oink. So we, we get some of the more humorless pigs, push them over, film it, show it to the others, collect the happy tears. <laughs> Added bonus, highest viewed video on YouTube. We're ploughing that ad revenue back into phase three, which is all about predicting the next big trend in specialist foods. Lamb crabs. No. No, we talked about this. I get it. Six legs of lamb with no bones. Three problems. One, fishy flavour. Two, hard shell. Three, amazingly aggressive. Lambs with pincers. We, we've had a chat to Heston Chuffin Blumenthal. He steered us in the right direction. Whales. Big lake, load of salt, chuck a whale in, let it grow. Then, when it's all big, scoop out the blowhole, send that to Heston Bloom in Blumenthal. He makes it into a sort of soup that you breathe in while watching a video. Amazing. Most expensive thing on the planet, whale's blowhole. People say it's cruel because we throw away the rest of the whale. Can't be used. And this time, they're right. It is cruel. It's, it's horrendous. Big pile of wasted whales flapping around. Something should be done about it. It shouldn't be allowed. I've come up with a new exclusive, though. No help from Heston on this one, but he's going to love it. It's the ultimate speciality meat. Farmer. Imagine that. Farmer burger. Farmer leg confit. Braised shoulder of farmer. And I know a farmer who's all fat and delicious. I'm still here, I can hear you. <laughs> I don't mean you. I do mean him. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little bit pricey for me. I know it does seem a little expensive, but I think you'll be pleased you made the investment. This is one of the best cash registers on the market. Well, I'm sure you know your stuff when it comes to cash registers. I've, I've never seen so many cash registers in one place. Cash registers as far as the eye can see. Yeah, well, well, we specialise in cash registers, as you can tell. We only sell cash registers. What about that? That's my daughter's saxophone. She, she picks it up here for her lesson. Now, about the cash register. <laughs> Do you know, I think you're right. It's expensive, but worth it. Sold. Excellent choice. Let me just ring it up. Oops, silly me, that's not our actual cash register. That's, uh, that's one of the ones we sell. I'll, um, I'll just ring it up. Oh, that's not it either. That's, uh, that's a display model. Try again. Sorry, wrong one. Not my lucky day. Ah, this one is not the right one. Um, this one? Nope. Uh, how about this one? Good thought. Nope, this one. Nope, this one. That's my daughter's saxophone. Nope, so sorry about this. Please don't worry, it's totally understandable. <laughs> I, I can't help feeling we should have some sort of system to prevent this from happening, but uh, there you go. I'll just try these three. Nope, this one. That's my daughter's saxophone again. And again. I mean, that's just silly. It doesn't even look like a cash register. Nope. Should I come back later? Nope, don't worry. We'll have this sorted out in a jiffy. Nope. Ah, here it is. Call off the dogs. This is the one. Damn it. I didn't do anything that time. Uh, it, it was the door. Oh, yes, of course. Right, do exactly as I say. Nobody gets hurt. Oh, uh... Oh, right, yes, uh, of course. Just give me all the money in the till. Right, right away. Nope. Wrong again. Nope. We'll get there in the end. Yeah. 
Here's to the mums who just can't do enough. She'll scrimp for that prezi, although times are tough. Here's to the teachers who say, why not try? Here's to the dads who can have a good cry. Here's to the uncles, the cousins, the aunts. Here's to the grands, won't give up on romance. Here's to the carers, the sharers, the yes I do darers, the dreamers, the schemers, the only under my own steamers, the first trimesters, the empty nesters, the I'm a nurse in the NHSters. <laughs> Here's to the ones who are licking life's lids. Here's to our nanas and here's to our kids. Here's to our babies grown all academical. Here's to us all. Here's to petrochemicals. Buy more petrochemicals. Just like Nana made them. Right, well, we all know why we're here. Actually, could you just remind us, in case this is a sketch? Gladly. We, a group of Channel 4 TV executives, are all here in the Channel 4 building to talk about commissioning a new history programme for Channel 4. Thanks. Anytime. Now, as we all know... Do we? I'm just about to say. Good. As we all know, BBC Two have scored a massive hit with Simon Sharma's The Story of the Jews. Everyone likes it, it's really good, and we need to hit back with something equally good, but slightly more titillating. Well, look, it's obvious what the BBC did. They took him to the Ivy. They said, Simon, we love you. Can we give you the fat end of a responsible amount of licence fee payers' money to do something super? For example, we can't help noticing that you're Jewish, and maybe it'll be interesting if... Is he? What? <laughs> Is he Jewish? Is Simon Sharma Jewish? Have you actually seen Simon Sharma's The Story of the Jews? Well... Because I can tell you, it does come up. OK. <laughs> so what we need... Is he Jewish? All right. Guys, guys... So, what we need to do is to take him to the Ivy and say, Simon, we love you. Is there anything else that you are, for example, gay, that you'd like to make? Oh, yes. Yes, Simon's charm is the story of the gays. For example. Hang on. Week one, the ancient gays. Oh, I like that. Hang on. The Greeks, basically. Exactly. Wait, wait. Is he, though? Is he gay? Damien, that's absolutely none of our business. No, Josh, he's got a point. He might not be. Oh, come on. He might not be. He wouldn't be the first camp presenter who turned out to be married with two kids. Look at Krishnan Guru Murphy. We've all been to the parties, we've all seen the way he eats canapes. At least have the decency to Google the man. OK. Simon Sharma, gay. He's married with two kids. <sighs> OK, well, who else can we get through the story of the gays? Alan Carr. You think our response to Professor Simon Sharma's The Story of the Jews should be Alan Carr's The Story of the Gays? It would be very us. It's either him or David Starkey. Get Alan Carr's agent on the phone and book a table for half one. Good afternoon, Your Majesty. Good afternoon, George. Sorry to interrupt, Your Majesty, but this arrived for you. I thought you'd want to see it right away. <gasps> is it? It is. It isn't. It is, Your Majesty. Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme. There you are. It's my invitation to the Royal Variety Performance. And, <laughs> and the full list of all the acts. Oh, let's see. Oh. Not good, Your Majesty. My God, it's amazing. I can't believe it. Who's on the bill? Well, first off, it's... Or never guess. Is it Ildivo? It is Ildivo. <laughs> oh, I love Ildivo. I have not made it public, but they are one of my favourite acts. <laughs> but there are more acts on the bill. Oh, yes. Yes, they're doing a medley of songs from the musical of Ghost. That is almost as good as seeing parts of the film Ghost, which is my favourite film, but with different actors. <laughs> it is very exciting, Your Highness. Oh, God. What? 
They've only gone and got that bloody dog. The dog that walks up and down the plank to music. They haven't. They have. Has someone been talking? Honestly, I won't mind. Has someone in the palace been letting on what all my favourite things are? Have they? Not that I know of. I won't mind. I will mind. Oh, no, I won't. I'm too excited. Look at this. A parody of Deal or No Deal with the cast of Towie. The cast of Spamalot do a The Saturdays medley. The Saturdays do a Monty Python medley. Have I died and gone to heaven? I don't think so, ma'am. If you died, then I doubt very much this will be broadcast. Well... I just don't know how they do it. Every year without fail, the show is exclusively made up of acts that appeal precisely to my eclectic and secret range of enthusiasm. I shall pass on your excitement to the relevant parties, Your Majesty. Oh, no, 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 absolutely not. As usual, I shall sit emotionless and blank throughout the performance. <laughs> I must hide my excitement, lest Britain feels put out that all this has been put on just for my enormous excitement. Very good, Your Majesty. Oh, there's just one thing. It all seems very young. Where are all the old guard? You tree, Your Majesty. Uh, Hello, are you David Mitchell? Uh, Yes. Heard your radio show the other night, very good. Thanks. I really laughed at that cash register sketch. (laughs) That that was very funny. Oh, great, great, thanks. You should do more of that. What? You should should bring that one back, that's great. Well, repeat it, that's really up to Radio 4. No, no, not, not repeat it, do more of it. Do other sketches in the cash register shop. Well, well, what would happen? Well, I don't know. It's up to you. I'm, I'm just saying it's funny. You should do more of it. Well, I, I agree it's funny. Yeah, you should do more of it. Do another one. Well, what happens in the other one? Well, the cash register guy, he doesn't know which of his cash registers is the actual cash register. <laughs> it's, it's great. I'm, I'm laughing at the thought of it. Yeah, but th- that happened in the first one. Yeah, but, but you do it again. What, with, with the same customer? No, no, don't be stupid. Not with the same customer. That would just be the same. Someone else. Someone else comes in wanting to buy a cash register. You know, it's a, it's a cash register shop. That would happen. And then... What, what? Once again, the shop assistant can't find the correct cash register. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. Priceless. Oh, oh you can have that for free. <laughs> But, but that's the same. No, it's not the same, it's more. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with more? If you, if, you have a, if you have a sausage roll and the next day you think, I fancy another sausage roll, that's okay, isn't it? It's not the same sausage roll, it's another one. This is a fundamental principle of commerce. If people like something, make another one. But, but that's food. This is comedy. F- <laughs> food is better than comedy. Pe- <laughs> people want it more. People actually need it. People will happily eat the same meal over and over again. The same doesn't apply with jokes. That's why Jamie Oliver has got more money than Miranda Hart. But, <laughs> but if you like that sketch, you can just listen to it again. I don't want to listen to it again. I want another one. Put one of your characters in. The, those snooker commentators. What, what, they're buying a cash register? <laughs> Why not? And then uh, the cash register guy. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't know. He doesn't. <laughs> he, doesn't he doesn't know which ones. Which ones the right tell. <laughs> Are, Are you okay? <laughs> oh, oh, better still, he's given up cash registering and he's doing something equally hilarious. Well, easier said than done. What? <laughs> Oh, I don't know, like, uh, like, a, like a doorbell shop when every time someone tests a doorbell it goes to answer the door, or something like that. Hmm. <laughs> and this is what I'd call a classic model, white button on black face. Uh, <laughs> pleasing to the eye, clean to the touch. 
may I try it? Of course. Everything on display is a working model. <laughs> Thank you. If you'll excuse me, sir, there's somebody at the door. Nobody there again! Bloody kids! Oh, sorry to keep you, sir. How did you find the doorbell? Yes, it's good, but I, I might just try it once again. Be my guest, sir. Yes, it's... If I could just stop you for a moment, sir, there appears to be someone at the door once again. Hello? Oh, nobody there. Must be the wind. It's good, but I think I might like to try some other ones. Fair enough. Uh, and as you can see, sir, we have doorbells as far as the eye can see. Great. Well, I, I might try a couple more. Go ahead. Yes. I'm... Silence, sir. The shop is in the grip of an emergency. Someone is very urgently at the door. No one? Sorry, sir. Oh, that's a nice one. Which doorbell's that? Oh, that's not a doorbell, sir. I have a doorbell sound as my text alert. Uh, because, uh, I run a shop that sells doorbells. <laughs> Sorry, sir, do excuse me. It sounds like there's someone at the door. No, no, that, that was me getting a text alert. Uh, I also have a doorbell sound. That'll be my, my wife reminding me to pick up a doorbell on the way home. <laughs> Let me in! Let me in! Oh, my mistake. I haven't got a text. Must be me, then. Open the door! I need to buy a doorbell! Um, so, sir, making any progress on the choice of a doorbell? Still deciding. I, I might test a couple more. May I? Go ahead. Do excuse me, sir. There's someone at the door. Oh, hello, sir. You took your bloody time. Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Do come in. <sighs> oh, you don't mind me asking, but is it normal for a shop to have a doorbell? Well, we're a doorbell shop. We, <laughs> we, we have thousands of doorbells. No, I mean a doorbell to gain admittance. Oh, I see. Well, I know it might seem odd, but many of my doorbells are very valuable, so I don't want people wandering in willy-nilly in case they steal them. Which is your most valuable doorbell? The one outside, which people have to ring to gain admittance. It's, it's important to impress people. OK, I think I've decided this one. Not now, sir. There's someone at the door. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Are you round the corner? Whoops! Locked out! That sounds like a good one. What does? Oh, must be a text. I think that was me. Don't make me knock! me if you force me to knock. Well, congratulations, Mr Hardy. Jude the Obscure is your finest novel to date. Oh, thank you. I, I was worried it wasn't miserable enough. No, it is. It, it is easily miserable enough. Oh, good. That bit with the kids. I mean, bloody hell, mate. I know. <laughs> I was just slightly puzzled by the end. I think maybe your typist let you down. There's some superfluous punctuation. Oh, really? Yes. Instead of a full stop, there's a colon, a hyphen, and an open bracket for some reason. <laughs> Oh, no, no, that's quite deliberate. That's the real kicker at the end. Let me, let me read it to you and you'll see what I mean. <clears throat> She's never found peace since she left his arms and never will again till she's as he is now. Sad face. I'm sorry? Sad face. Don't, don't you see? The, the colon, hyphen and the open bracket are like a picture of eyes, nose and a downturned mouth. It's a sad face. Oh, well, I suppose... It's good, isn't it? A li little sad face at the end, because it's so sad. Yes, I, I, I sort of see that. I suppose my only question would be, why have it there? Well, so people know what to feel. So, so they know the ending's sad. 
Some people are more visual than verbal. Nobody who is more visual than verbal is going to get to the end of this. <laughs> I, I just think it needs it, just to define the tone. And anyway, I, I don't just want to write sad books. I, I realise in the handsome cab on the way here... Good detail. Thanks. ...that if you use a closed bracket instead of the open one, it looks like the face is smiling. If I ever write a novel that doesn't end with everybody dying, that's going to be a godsend. Oh, or, and oh my God, this is brilliant, if you replace the colon with a semicolon, it'll look like... He's got a diseased eye. He's got a diseased eye, exactly. Or, like the face is winking, you'd have to say which. You know, a man walked in without a diseased eye, winky face. Then, you know, it's a cheeky man without a diseased eye. But look, back to the face. Uh, if you want a sad picture, we can get an illustrator who can draw something sad and harrowing. That way, the sad face or faces won't have to be on their side. It's not a problem that it's on its side. I think it looks wrong that it's on its side. No one will notice that it's on its side. They'll be A, too impressed by how clever it is, and B, too sad. Well, it's your novel, <laughs> but I think you're making a mistake. History will bear me out, but thank you. Now I must go. I want to rewrite Return of the Native. Why? I want to put an eight in the title. What? Return of the Native eight? The Return of Eight Natives? No. Return of the N8 IVE. Pretty cool, huh? Get out, Thomas. <laughs> ah, come in, Miss Edwards, and settle yourself comfortably on that stiff wooden chair. Oh. What? Uh, I thought you might have more comfortable furniture, like maybe a couch. What for? To make it easier for me to go to sleep. You won't be going to sleep. Oh, really? I, I thought that's what hypnosis was, putting people to sleep. Not anymore, Miss Edwards, health and safety. For me to hypnotise you, you must be awake. Right. A awake, but in a trance? No trance, fully conscious. <laughs> OK. If you were in a trance, you might accuse me afterwards of groping you. Well, of course I wouldn't. Also, I might grope you. <laughs> might you? you? You can't be sure. Safest for everyone if you just stay awake. So, comfortable? Uh, not entirely. You are feeling sleepy. Very sleepy. While remaining awake at all times. <laughs> I'm a little confused. You are not at all confused. Your legs are relaxing. Your arms are relaxing. You can see beautiful colours. Pink, blue, yellow. It's like a wonderful painting. Ooh, feeling nice and sleepy. A dragon jumps out of the painting and wakes you up. Uh, I'm awake, I'm awake. Good. You're sleepy, but awake. There are beautiful colours and music. You have entered this room at your own risk. You also consider the price reasonable. You no longer want to smoke. You are a non-smoker. I'd quite like a cigarette now. You would not like a cigarette now. The idea is loathsome to you. Sorry, um, this feels like we're, we're just having a normal conversation. It's not a normal conversation because of my special voice. <laughs> but, but you're not speaking to my unconscious, you're, you're just speaking to me. You are feeling slightly sleepier while remaining fully alert but not so argumentative. Oh. OK, OK, carry on. Cigarettes are anathema to you. You hate them. You hate cigarettes. Sorry, I, I didn't actually come in about smoking. I'm trying to lose weight. You hate buns. <laughs> you wish you had some broccoli. And, and to get over my fear of flying. You love planes. They are like giant, delicious buns. <laughs> Buns in the sky, iced, cloudy buns, buns full of raisins and people, zooming confidently through the air like seagulls. 
but not like seagulls that might fly into the engine and cause the plane to crash, because that hardly ever happens. Uh, I don't know if this is definitely helping. Bum, skies, fat. Might it be better if you put me to sleep? Sleep, sleep, sleep. Yeah, you, you've gone to sleep, haven't you? I don't want to touch her. She, she's not like a bun. I want everyone to keep their trousers on at all times. Anything else is anathema to me. I'll let myself out. So, Alan Carr passed on the story of the gays. Uh, he thought it was too frivolous. Fair enough. So we're back to square one. We still don't have our own Channel 4 version of Simon Sharma's The Story of the Jews. It's good that you restated the premise in case people have only just tuned in. Thanks. Young writers could learn a lot if they listen to our conversation here in the Channel 4 building. Nice one. Actually, an idea has come in that we should talk about. Um, <clears throat> we've had an email from you-know-who. Not Starkey. Starkey. Oh, God. <laughs> Who took the filter off? He set up a new account. The email got through. David Starkey wants to do the story of the gays. No, he wants to do... And this is his title. It's a working title, which could... Uh, which I think should probably change. He's calling it The Story of the Blacks. <laughs> that... That, that doesn't sound right. Mm. I suppose he would say that if Sharma can say the Jews, then he can say the blacks. But I agree with you, it does, it does sound different, doesn't it? David Starkey's The Story of the Blacks. I like it. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, it does have a sort of flavour that, I don't know, might make some viewers uncomfortable. Well, he does make viewers uncomfortable. That's, that's really quite a big part of his thing, isn't it? Yes, of course. I mean, even at the best of times, David is incredibly difficult to watch, and we've always assumed that's why people tune in. They enjoy the challenge somehow. David Stark is the story of the Blacks. I think it's a winner. He's attached a series outline, six episodes. Episode one, The Ancient Blacks. C c can I... Can I stop you there, Robin? Yes, please. Um, the problem might be not just that he's using a phrase that most people these days tend to tend avoid. Tend to avoid, yes. Tend to avoid, yeah, for quite good reasons. Yes. But uh, another part of the problem might be that, uh, you know, you've got, you've got Simon Charmer, who we've established is Jewish, doing a series about Jewish people. I mean, it's not necessary that he's Jewish, but it kind of makes sense when dealing with sensitive cultural historical issues. Whereas David Starkey, who... Who had some fairly robust things to say about the England riots of 2011 and made a few what some people might regard as unhelpful generalisations about the role of those young people of Afro-Caribbean heritage who were part of the rioting. That, that's not how he referred to them. We... We know how he refers to them. Yes, he, he calls them the blacks. Thank you, Josh. So, is he, I suppose we're wondering, is he the best person to make the programme under discussion? Yeah, I see your point. I mean, he doesn't even look black. That, that's not really the problem. It, it is part of the problem. I think I know how we could address that. <laughs> Would you like to know how? Is it what I think it is? Yes. Then no. <laughs> OK, so we'll tell him that we're really excited by the idea, but what we really want is another series about the Tudors. That's what we usually do. <laughs> so, Charles, how's the new novel going? You're tackling the French Revolution this time. I am, and I've got a cracking opening. It was the best of times, smiley face. It was the worst of times, <laughs> sad face. Get out, Charles. <laughs> um... 
That Mitchell and Webb Sound starred David Mitchell and Robert Webb, Olivia Coleman and James Barkman. It was written by David Mitchell and Robert Webb, Abigail Burdess, James Barkman and Tom Meaton, Jonathan Dryden-Taylor, Toby Davis, Joel Morrison, Jason Hazley. It was produced by Gareth Edwards. Thank you.